Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Welcome to The Living Room. Today we are coming to you live. My name's Heather. I'll be your host today. Kate is our co-host, and we're also joined with... Connie, Christy, Michelle, and Jana. We're so glad to have you here today. Today we are talking about family rituals, and we're talking about the memories that rituals add to our lives. Now before we kind of get into this, let's talk about what rituals are a little bit. Uh, rituals are patterned interactions that we have with our families. They're things we do over and over, but they also have meaning. They mean something to us. And because they happen repeatedly, they add a lot of significance and memories to who we are and to the lives that we live. Now, I want to start you out with one of my very favorite rituals that our family does. And brace yourself. It is about as cheesy as it gets. So just, <laughs> just kind of, you know... Take a seat and get comfy for a minute. When my husband and I were first married, we got married in the summer, and so we had a couple weeks before school started and real life started. And you guys remember that oh, yeah. that period? You know, yes. you get married and you just want to sit on a couch, stare at each other. That's yeah. kind of all that matters. <laughs> well, after about three weeks, we had to get back into school and work and all of that. And I was in graduate school at the time. And so up until this point, we were able to go to bed at the same time each night. Well, now it started and he went to bed at like, you know, 11-ish and I had to stay up working on a thesis. And so I didn't hit, you know, bed till about 3, 3.30 each night because I was researching. And one night he'd already gone to bed and I recall that feeling of having to climb in bed versus brush my teeth. You know, that dilemma yes. you fight with yourself. Maybe <laughs> wipe out. It's yeah. exactly yeah. right. And I remember thinking very specifically, man, I wish I was like Jane Jetson and I could just get in a tunnel and brush my teeth and brush my hair. And... But I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth and when I flipped on the light, there sat my toothbrush and it already had toothpaste on it. Oh. And my husband, I know that's exactly what I did. I know. So my husband who had gone to bed a number of hours before had put toothpaste on my toothbrush and I let out that sound. Aww. Oh, so <laughs> and my first thought was, I knew I married the right guy. I totally knew I married the right guy. And so I brushed my teeth, went to bed. We went about the next day with nothing being said, nothing different. And again, around three, three thirty, I flipped on that light again. And there was my toothbrush with my, with toothpaste already on it. And the ritual now stands after 14 plus years of marriage that whoever gets to the bathroom first always puts toothpaste on the other person's toothbrush. It's adorable. It's adorable. So, and I know it's very cheesy. I recognize that. I got that. choked up. But well, I know. It's, it's really sweet. Yeah, and your kids do it, correct? And, and that's what's really cool now is that we have five kids who are all brushing their teeth at night. And whichever one of those children gets to the bathroom first puts lines up and puts toothpaste on oh, everyone else's toothbrush. Oh, toothbrush. that's so cute. I love it. And so oh. for that glimpse, that little bit of time, we're thinking of each other. Now, I distinctly remember after about two years of doing this, I went to the bathroom second and my husband was already in bed and there sat my toothbrush in its cup still with no toothpaste. Oh, no. It was devastating. Oh, it was truly devastating. And my husband is not the kind of person where, you know, he wants you to go right at him to, hey, why, where was my tooth? So he doesn't work like, like that. Like every other husband. <laughs> so... I took a couple days and, you know, I kind of finally brought the subject up. And as we talked about it, he looked at me and he goes, I had no idea it meant that much to you. And I was like, no, it means an awful lot to me. Don't, <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget again. 
And so we made sure that we reinstated this. Now, this is what a ritual does for us. Now, before we even get into this, because I want you guys to start sharing, I hope this show is filled with lots of these examples, examples for you to listen to, to maybe add to your arsenal of rituals in your own home. But we have to realize that a ritual is very different than routine. Mm -hmm. Brushing our teeth for most people is very routine, right? We do it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we don't like the dentist and we don't want bad breath and, and because we need to. But as soon as we add meaning to those things we do with our family, they become a ritual. And this meaning then is what develops the memories and gives us the stability we're looking for. So that's one of my very favorites, as cheesy as it gets. So let's hear some of your favorite rituals. What are the things you do with your family that are meaningful that you love? I love the first thing that comes to mind is um, the chair chats. It started years and years ago with my kids as they started getting older into the more like they're not in the bed cuddling with me, talking with me, but they're more like getting into the older teenage. I need some space, but I still want to, you know, tell you for two hours every minute detail about my day. <laughs> and so it started with we had this I have this uh, office chair kind of thing sitting next to my bed and then it, it got broken. So it didn't have a back anymore and that was missing <laughs> a third wheel. So if you totter too fast, you go over to the side and it had a rip in it because people kept picking at the thing. And, and so, but they kept using that chair. And what it is, is that when they go to an event, I would be, usually it was at night or something and I'd be on my bed and then I could hear the door slam and then thump, 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 thump up the stairs. And I would just sit and wait. And then shazam, they come around the corner and then they sit right down in the chair. And sometimes they're kind of in a fight. No, it's my my turn. No, it's my turn. And so it was delightful. I just loved it. And look forward to this was their debrief time. And even though sometimes my eyes were rolling in the back of my head and I'm like, get to the point. <laughs> it was marvelous because they would just talk and then we ended up getting a new chair and then that one got ripped and it's still ripped right now. And I just refused to fix it because it just is so nostalgic to me. And one of the ones that would do that all the time, oh my gosh, he, it was a boy and he would go on and on and on. But now he's gone. He's serving a service mission for our church and he'll be gone for two years. And I look at that chair and it chokes me up a little because I think of those chats that we had. And once he was out the door as an 18 year old gone for two years, that time was gone. And so that ritual of this chair chat, now there's other kids lined up and they're taking their turn and they're glad he's out because they get more turn to, time to talk. But I look at that ritual and I'm so grateful those experiences that it created and that safe place, that predictable place mm -hmm. that they knew was there for them to connect with me and for them to be seen and heard. Well, and we'll Love talk it. about this more, but predictability is one of the greatest benefits that come from rituals. Mm -hmm. When our families know what to expect, there's safety and security in that. And that's what rituals do for us. Mm -hmm. Michelle. Well, and I think even little simple things, because I've got some deep ones too, but when I was growing up... <clears throat> Um, for our birthdays, we got to pick our own cereal and it was like a sugar cereal. Like, and, cause my mom wouldn't buy sugar cereals, but for our birthday, she would take us the night before and that was our breakfast. And, um, we looked forward to it. Like, and I couldn't decide if I wanted Cap'n Crunch berries or if I wanted Lucky Charms and, and it didn't matter, but Tell I got to Captain pick. I would rotate, but now they came out with oops, all berries. And seriously, that is the best one. <laughs> But what's funny about that is that that was something we looked for. We didn't have to share that one. That was our birthday thing. Exactly. And but years later, you know, asking my mom about that simple little ritual that for us we totally loved. For her, it was she knew as a mom she felt guilty because she was a working mom. She was single that she couldn't make breakfast for us oh. before she had to go. And so she found something else that was meaningful for us. Love but that. we had no idea that that's Love why she that. did it. And we don't care. One time she tried to cook for us. I was like, No, I'm eating my sugar cereal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like Get you know, bacon out of my. I don't face. care that it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating you that. And, but that, I just thought that was so sweet. And it was also cheap. 
Like a simple thing that she could do that cost her $3 ended up being so meaningful for us. And now every time I see sugar cereal, I think about how much my mom loved me on my birthday. And so every time I go grocery shopping, I think about my mom. I think that's so great. Just a simple thing that means so much. Absolutely. Well, and I think we have this feeling that rituals have to be big and extravagant and over the top. And that's, that's not what family rituals are. They're the very simple things like the sugar cereal or the fact that we attempt to sit down for dinner each night together and attempt is sometimes the best we yeah. get yeah. or, or toothpaste on a tooth. These are very simple things, but mm-hmm. because there's meaning and because we're doing them repeatedly and they're coordinated, they bless our lives. Mm-hmm. So I have a story actually of, of one ritual that I loved growing up, but my mom did something called goal parties and we would, it would be the first of the school year where we would um, write down goals under different categories of physical, spiritual, mental, and you'd save $500 for the year or make five new friends or read your scriptures yeah. or whatever That's it was. And, yeah. And I don't know where she came up with it, but it was fantastic. And then at the end of the year, my nine siblings and I would sit around this huge dinner table and my mom had bought copious amounts of candy which we never had in our home and then if we achieved one of these goals she'd throw us like Vegas style like down the table (laughs) and we would get this candy that we poured and then if we didn't make our goals we would all yell boo like jokingly (laughs) you know and and no matter what my mom said she'd always set goals about to be a better mom or anything and no matter what if she made it not we'd always anytime she'd mention about I want to not fight boo I don't want to yell as much boo like we'd always just boo her <laughs> bless her heart anyway but um, it's no wonder your mom survived i know i, I recognize I know. she chose to no have she was mom seriously yes. yeah, yeah, i know yeah. but but one story that i love was so we did this goal party my whole life growing up with the 10 kids and it was this huge affair and we loved it and then when my little brother was the last one at home I was in college and I get a phone call from my mom. She's like, are you coming for the goal party? I'm like, what mom, why are we having the goal party? It's just Jordan at home and he's 18. Like, I think you can let it go, yeah. you know? And she's like, no, you have to come. So I drive all the way home an hour to go to the goal party and I get there and we have it outside with my mom and dad and Jordan and I, and I remember the first category and doing my goals and you know, we're like, yay, cheering. Jordan and I are kind of making fun of ourselves and, and she tosses out, um, like five chocolate chips because I had made five goals and I'm like what in the did you find these in the couch <laughs> like what are you doing this is ridiculous even real candy. yeah I'm like what is that and Jordan and she's like hush up be quiet it's Jordan's turn so then Jordan goes and she gives him like four pennies and we're looking at each other and we're like what has happened this is ridiculous I'm not and we're just like what and finally she gets to the third category and hands me these like colored discs and I'm like what in that? These are Tums. Like, you forgot. You totally forgot. And she's like, I'm sorry. I anyway, she had forgotten the candy for the goal party, but we were laughing. Sorry, by the end to find what in the world trinket she had found underneath the couch and in the cupboards. We're like, what are you handing out? Leftovers? Anyway, and by the end, at the end of when we had done all of them, she gave my little brother and I $20 and then just said, I'm so proud of you guys and how, how great you've been. And it was just the greatest memory. And then, you know, as I drove home and ate my chocolate chips, which was going to upset my stomach. So good thing I had the Thames, but you know, as I drove home, I just had a smile on my face that whole time because I just thought this really has been the best memory that our family, the best ritual that she, that nobody else, I'd never heard of anybody else doing that. And I now do it with, with my family because I I love it. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. 
I'm going to take it. Take it and run with it. I know the jobs. Well, and it's a way to, you can see from from your example, Kate, that it's a great, rituals are a great way to teach Mm -hmm. and especially to teach kind of those values and skills that we want our children to have. We don't often think of that, but a lot of the things that we've learned and the concepts we've learned and the values we've learned, we've learned through family rituals, right? I I can specifically think of, we always took family vacations as one of our rituals and we'd do it one in the summer and one in the winter. And we'd actually come up here to Utah because we lived in California and I will never forget. We'd always stop here first and see my great grandparents. And luckily I had them around till I was a junior in college, but I'd watch my parents work with my great grandparents. And if you've ever dealt with older people, you handle them very different, right? Like you don't move your great grandpa's hat because it's sat in that same place every night for like 80 years. And so I watched this and I watched it for years and years and my parents couldn't have necessarily seen that I would need that skill. But I will tell you right now that every single day I deal with someone 80 year older. Every single day. In fact, I had, and I talked about this in a monologue I did, but I had visiting teachers who were 91 and 92 years old for two years. They would come to our house and they would fall asleep on my couch right in the middle (laughs) of their message, of their religious message every, every single month. And these are two women from your ward. From from our congregation. And the funniest thing, my husband came home one day and they were asleep and he came home for lunch unexpectedly and he walked in and he went into like this panic, like, why are, why are there old ladies asleep on our couch? What is happening? He's looking for me. And I'm Two like, women died on your Dude, couch. Just, just chill. I've got exactly 23 minutes to fold the laundry before they wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing was, I learned how to handle them because of yes. family vacations, because of those rituals. My parents taught me. Now, they didn't take us on vacation and say, we're going to take these vacations to teach Heather to deal with elderly people. Those are values and skills we learned as a result of putting forth the intentionality of having rituals. And so it was such a blessing, those values that we learned. So one ritual that I love, and I cannot take the credit for it, and it's a new ritual, but it came from a book called Love Does by Bob Goff, which is a great book. Um, But he talked about taking his kids on these 10-year-old trips. So in our house, we decided to do it at 12 years old. So on my daughter's 11th birthday, which was one year ago, we told her, hey, we want to take you on a 12-year-old trip. We will take you anywhere in the United States but the key is you have to earn the money. That's so awesome. you plan oh, the trip, so you earn everything you want to do. So, and you can go wherever. If you earn $300, we'll go somewhere that's two hours away. If you earn more, we can go to that place. So you figure out where you want to go and the activities you want to do and you save for it. So for the past 12 months, I've watched this little 11 year old turn to a 12 year old. And she has learned how to work. And she has earned almost $2,000 wow. in wow. one year. Please tell me you're going to Hawaii. Wow. We, well, we told <laughs> her Continental. We're going oh, to New York oh, City. On Friday, we're taking Ew. her to New York. And Good she has you. saved. But it was so cute because she would ask me, you know, Mom, how much is a Broadway play if I get the discount tickets? Because I've looked online and I really can't afford to go to the Broadway play here, but can we get a discount and how? So she and I have spent about once a week, a couple hours researching. So everything we're doing, she is totally invested in. She has designed the itinerary and I cannot wait. I am especially excited because the book by Bob Goff talks about what happens after the family, the the 12-year-old trip. And so I'm excited to see 
see what so happens to her really cool. because of that. So, so I'm going you. to do that for all my you kids. Get, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get to party. Yeah. Yeah. It benefits yes. you too. Exactly. That's a win. It really does. So there is a quote by Betsy Taylor that says, rituals give kids a sense of security in a fast-moving, unpredictable world, as well as memories they will cherish for a lifetime. And I think you just totally so covered that. True. Oh my gosh, that is mine. So my my family ritual, the longest tradition ever, is storytelling. And we used to love to sleep over at my grandmother's house, and we would put our name in her calendar. We'd look for the page that she didn't have club, and then we'd put our, <laughs> our name in the calendar, and we would sleep over. And she would, we'd lie in the big four-pester bed with all the quilts, and then she would scratch our backs and tell us the story and it was the story of Cosette and we thought she made it up but it turns out it was about Les Mis but you know, it's her daughter right? I know right so, um, so anyway, we loved the way she told it, and she added all these finesse details, and she just, oh my goodness, we would just listen to that story, but it had to be that same story every Ooh, single time, yes. the story of Cosette, and we felt, it was that thing, we felt so safe and so nurtured, mm-hmm. we were at Grandma's house, we could hear the train whistles, which is the most beautiful thing, and after I was married, I missed my grandma so much. And one day she called me and she asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, would you please tape record the story of Cosette? And she did. And the cutest thing of all is she recorded it like 20 times to make sure she got it perfect. You know. And then at the very end, she said, and now, Jana, you should be fast asleep. Oh, that's tenderest ever. And And you'll have it forever. I do. I do. You know, I love that, that connection that is formed with just like you said those simple things I and things that now you probably love to tell stories to your children Mm -hmm. and I have Mm -hmm. watched how meaningful rituals have affected my kids and then it's come back to me to enjoy things so one thing I can think of is is cooking and I loathe cooking but I've I've had to find a way to do it myself that I enjoy which is down and dirty and that means I get it in get it done and get it out (laughs) but I've learned as my girls got older especially my boys weren't that interested but especially my girls that as I, we had a thing called, it was cooking night. And so that we, they would be the sous chef. And so we'd have the little white pastry hat that they'd mm. wear and the matching, we'd have matching aprons when we could find them. And so they would be the sous chef. And, oh, I can't even tell you how many times we ruined stuff and how many times I was like, I'm going to bean this child over the head if they won't listen. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that now they love cooking. And we, I love it more now because I do it with them. And so whenever, just the other day, I said, we need chicken chop, we're doing kebabs. And vegetables and chicken chop and then a fruit salad and they're all like oh I'll chop I'll chop and and of course this the series chopped helps as well you know these cooking shows yeah. but I, I was so happy that we were all in the kitchen and the last holiday that we had it was it was Easter we were all in the kitchen and here we are we're talking as girls and we're doing this and who's doing the rolls and who's doing this and they're young they're 12 and 14 and 10 but we were all sharing in this together and one of them setting the table and making it really pretty and doing the little handwritten postcard things you know little place cards and it was it was so poignant and it was meaningful and I thought I have learned to love cooking not mm-hmm. all the time but with my family because of that ritual no. that's great um I uh, I think my favorite ritual that my parents did was um something called family home evening and what it is is on a Monday night we would all gather together and we would have a spiritual thought a prayer a scripture and a lesson and my parents through those family homing and it was uncompromisable we did not miss family homing growing up my mom made sure that we had that religiously and truly in those times of family home evening I learned um, a love of Martin Luther King 
-hmm. I learned a love of the movies Glory and Civil War that my dad would edit for us and <laughs> so that we could see him, but then talk to us. And, and I would see him with tears running down his face talk about Pearl Harbor. I still remember December 7th, 1941, D-Day, like in my head because, because of that. And then I remember watching the, the Mormon Pioneers video of them coming across and learning their sacrifice and the Donner Party and so many things that kids my age did not know a lot about, but my parents instilled in us this, these virtues and this importance of these holidays and, and with this family home evening. And sometimes we hated family home evening and we dreaded it. <laughs> and my parents would dread Drive us out to the middle of nowhere. I've talked about this before in a show. Make us hike a mountain and with no dinner and then a handful of wheat for, you know, to eat as a reward. And, but teaching us these, these experiences and, um, and then teaching us most importantly, a love of God and a love of his love for us and, and being good people to other people. That was my biggest things. My parents constantly taught us is you are just as good as everyone else, but you are no better. And we heard that all the time in family home meeting. And it was something that was, um, we lived by, we had to live by. And now I do not miss it in my family because I truly think it unified and saved our family. Well, and rituals are are tough to enact. They can be really hard. Luckily, there's some really great research that shows we don't always have to be participating in the rituals, but simply by observing the rituals, Mm -hmm. we still benefit from them. And so as parents, as we're kind of pushing and pulling and trying to rein people in to show up every Monday or show up at the dinner table or celebrate Christmas a certain way, we can can be reassured that simply by having our children there or our family members around us, there are great benefits that come simply from observation Mm -hmm. and that that does a lot of good. You know, there's a lot of challenges too. Two of the biggest challenges that keep our families from being really intentional, having these rituals in our lives are one that we become so busy with things outside of our home, all of our individual pursuits. We're never really together as families anymore. Mm-hmm. And another big challenge that always comes up is technology. And we've, you know, touched on this mm-hmm. and we know there's such great things, but there's kind of this misnomer. We're all under the same roof, but everybody's on a different piece of technology. Mm-hmm. And so we're not really together. And so I'm curious, some of the things that make it hard for you growing up or you now, what makes it hard for you and your families to have rituals? Jenna? Us. We're creative. Every single one of us is creative. So what do creative <laughs> people do? They want to do something new all the time. They don't want to do anything old or the same. Sure. <laughs> there are only a few lasting rituals that really stick because we're always trying to reinvent. So I would guess your rituals then to solve that would be more like we do something every Saturday morning. The something might change. But the fact that you get together always stays the same. We work really hard on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 we do. Have, we do have, yeah, we have right. Sunday night things, and we have yeah, right. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. And, and so, we have food. A lot of ours are food related. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's, okay, it's okay yeah. that it, it's yeah. okay that the exact activity might change, but yeah, it's still okay. happening, right? Yeah. It's still happening oh, once a week, or it's still happening every Christmas that you choose something creative to participate in so that kind of helps you know i was trying to find a way to connect the electronic world with the sort of cultural world and i think that's kind of a hard thing and so i found um this summer we made a poster we decided i wanted them to be able to read or watch some of the classics that i don't think they've seen like the secret garden a little princess Mm. the sense and sensibility some of these things that i'm like i want you guys to see and know these so we made a poster and it was hand-drawn totally lame but we put a poster and listened them all and then we said every Sunday now what we do is we have them choose a movie and this last one we watched was Little Women and at first they were like oh kind of gag and so we watched Little Women afterwards they're like this was so 
good and insensibility. <laughs> and then we watched The Secret Garden, and here was the great connection. We they loved The Secret Garden at first. They were like, I don't think I'm going to like this, and they're like, This is so depressing. Is it going to get better? <laughs> and then a few days later, my daughter who loves Minecraft, she said, Mom, come see. I made my secret <laughs> garden. <laughs> and she said, I made one for you too. So she made us a secret garden, and I said, Well, do you want to put the bird in? You know, the one leads them there, and it was like this world meets world moment and it was magical because I thought they are seeing how these worlds don't have to be separate they can be relatable and they can apply it in some way that works for them Mm -hmm. for me um rituals right now the hardest thing is time Mm -hmm. finding the time you know my husband works I work the kids are all involved in their extracurricular activities and it's really finding that time to to do it Yeah. And I am so exhausted that we have this great ritual on Christmas Eve. We do a service project. We've done it every year. My mom did it from the time I was born. And so for the past few years, we've gone to this specific um, care facility and had a program. But that is me doing all of that work. And I was just so exhausted. And this last year I said, I'm not going to do it. I can't find the time. I'm in a Christmas carol of the play. I don't have the time to do it. And a few days before Christmas, my kids came to me and said, Mom, we haven't practiced for our presentation. And I went, oh, we haven't because we're not doing it. But I didn't (laughs) tell them. (laughs) So instead, I quickly arrange for us to go, which they said, oh, we were wondering, you know, when you were going to call. You realized it was Because they've come to accept that that's happening. And so we went, and it was the lamest ritual you've ever seen. Like, it was the lamest presentation. (laughs) But But my kids won't remember. They'll just remember we did it. it. And that's something really cool about rituals. We know once a ritual survives an episode of neglect, we know it's really stuck, right? And that was the same with our toothbrush. It was like, wait a second, we've neglected this, we don't like it, and it was then that it was like, oh, this means something. So your kids did the same. It was like, wait a second, Mom, we need to do this. And so then you can know that it really is something that is of meaning that stuck with them, right? Working through those. So we have all these challenges. So as we wrap things up a little bit, I want to leave you with a challenge and kind of haven't done this before, but I am often asked by parents, what if I want rituals or want to enact them? What, what do I do? Where do I start? Because so often we do what our parents did and that's fantastic and should be part of our lives. But a great thing to also do is to start doing rituals that you create that are new to your family and just your family. And so here's your challenge. I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to fold it in half and open it back up. And at the top of each column that you now have, on one side, I want you to write needs. And on the other side, I want you to write values. And then I want you to sit down with your spouse, if, if that's something that applies to your life, and then with your children. And I want you to write down all the needs that your family has. And then I want you to write down all the values that you want your family, your children to enact or to learn or to exemplify. And this is where you're going to start when it comes to new family rituals. You're going to look at your needs and you're going to look at your values, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to start coming up with different activities or rituals, meaningful interactions with one another that will help fulfill these needs or values that you want to learn. And you will quickly see that it will not only bring your family together, but these rituals will create memories that will save you. I mean, think as we sit in this room, hopefully tons of rituals are running through your head growing up. And now Mm -hmm. they're what make up our childhood. They just, they're everything to us. Mm -hmm. And we want to provide that with our children. I always challenge my students to, to 
go home and thank their parents for them enacting rituals in their lives because, man, it is hard to change the decorations for every new holiday. Yeah. And sometimes I, I don't want to make the eggs green. And it yeah. just, but we do it and we do it for them. Yeah. So that's kind of our challenge, those needs and values. It's a really, really great place to start. You know, that's it for our chat today on meaningful rituals. Hopefully you got some new ideas and you feel more inspired to be more intentional about your family's rituals. You can find this segment and other segments at fromthelivingroom.com as well as more in-depth discussions on our individual blogs and websites. Remember to download our quote card for today and in the meantime, be sure to give yourself and your family some living room. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.